men to be saved, there is only one way, and that is one man like Ezekiel to step out in the midst of that valley and preach the only message God has promised to bless. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How's it going, everybody? Um, this is Neil Gowden speaking. Uh, and to my left here, I've got Evan Westfall. Hi. Um, and welcome to Lifeguards, a podcast on biblically applied theology. Um, we are here to make disciples and nothing less. So uh, let's just get started. Uh, today we're going to be talking about evangelism. It's kind of a spicy topic and a good topic. Um, and our goal by the end of this is to convince you that every single Christian that is on this earth is called to evangelize and ought to evangelize in some way. So, um, and also the are we going to talk about the the content of the gospel? Yes, we can do that too. Not, yeah, all yeah. Okay. So, um, to start off. I mean, I just read to you guys the, um, I just read to you the Great Commission of Jesus. Um, he is, he says this, you guys. All authority, in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. And then he says, therefore. So for that reason, because all authority has already been given to Jesus, he says, therefore, go and preach the gospel. Therefore, go and make disciples and baptize them. So I guess, you guys, the, the, the most important piece about this okay, is Jesus' first little line, that all authority has already been given to him. What do you have to say, Ev? Uh, yeah, he's... I mean, <laughs> this isn't supposed to be an eschatology one, so I guess I don't want to go there. Um, so I don't really know what I'd say. But, yeah, it's not like, like, remember at Apology they talked about two-kingdom theology? Yeah. Yeah, so the idea that, like, there is, like, we have church, and here at church, and with my church people, in the church building, we can talk about sin and and uh, holiness and the gospel and, and that's all good and, and righteousness. But outside the church, like heaven forbid, you know, we like we don't don't speak into the world. Don't talk about the culture and people and celebrities and what's going on in the world and politics. Heck no. Like keep it away from there. Don't talk to people in public. That's weird. Like they're not in, in our little kingdom of heaven here. You know, like we have the kingdom of heaven in church then maybe like invite them in, but certainly don't go out and preach them. That's kind of the yeah the mentality, which does not fit at all with all authority in heaven. You know, Jesus. It's like Jesus is saying, "Yes, those people on the street, I am the king over them. Yeah, and they will bow the knee to me in this life or in the next, mm-hmm. in mercy or in judgment." So yeah. go and, and represent the king. Go yeah. and preach the good news. So, uh, and also, I, I want to ask you guys this question, okay? <clears throat> do, you, do you really understand 
that if someone were to die right now, that they are going to be standing before a holy judge. Like even for me, I wrestle with this, thinking like if if I was driving on my way to church and I got hit by a car and I was dead, that I would be standing before God, and I, I like I would be judged, and every single person, <clears throat> every single person that walks this earth right now, the homeless person on on the side of the road, um, the people at Walmart, your cashier, if they even have those anymore. Um, whoever it is, your taxi driver, your teachers, your fellow students, every single person is going to stand before God. That, that's, that's something that's going to happen to everybody. And if you really believe in heaven and you really believe in hell, then my question is, why aren't you telling people? And my question is, why is it that we see, like Evan said, why is it that we see that church, like, Church is just our little separate side of life. We are members of the church. We are Christians first before anything else. And yeah, so. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so yeah, that's that's one really good point. I really, the thing I'm the most eager to talk about is um, what is the message of the gospel? And particularly, what is the message of the gospel as opposed to the message that you hear in America? Um, just in class yesterday, New Testament survey with um, Diffie, shout out, he would not, he's no one, no one listens <laughs> to this, so that doesn't matter. Um, but anyways, um, he talked, about, so we're going through Acts, and he talked about how the preaching of the gospel, um, I'm, I'm sorry, but it just does not ever consist of the message Jesus loves you or God had, God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. It's, I know that it sounds nice and I know that we've all heard it growing up or, you know, a lot of us who have grown up, you know, maybe in, in Christian homes uh, or going to church or anything like that. Or, I mean, if you step into any church today, that's, that's it's very, very likely that that's what you're going to hear. But the problem is that that just is not the gospel message of the Bible. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, and it's a big problem. Now, to be clear, yes, the gospel message is that there's forgiveness and infinite love for you. There's infinite mercy and amazing forgiveness and compassion from the Father in the face of Christ, if you'll have faith. But but when people are preaching in the gospel, like one really extreme answer or, or example is uh, in Acts. Let's see. Um, Peter, oh, it's going to take me a second to find it. I'm going to talk about what that. I want to find it. Something in Acts. Um, so, got to love the... The AC unit. Um, yeah, so, like, the message of the gospel is not is not Jesus loves you, just like Evan said. And to, to be honest with you, like, like there's times in people's lives where, <clears throat> like, Diffie, Diffie said this, that God does not love somebody because they are in complete and utter rebellion against him. 
And that's why the mercy of Christ is so beautiful. That's why we have to tell people about it. Because right now, Jesus does not love us. Like, like the, yeah, the, those of his church, absolutely. Yeah, like but, in his church, yes. Unrepentant sinners. Unrepentant sinners. He's like, no, I, I don't because you're a rebel and you hate me. And so, yeah, that's, I mean. Yeah, here's, here's a Psalm 5, um, 4 through 6. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. And he goes on. And then, and then the other verse I was looking for, um, it's in Acts 3. Uh, Peter speaks in Solomon's portico. So he's talking to the Jews here. I think maybe the religious leaders, but I'm not quite positive. Um, but he says, uh, The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he asked, or when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. That's Barabbas. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. So the gospel message in Acts here. Now, you might, you might say something about the context, whatever, but the gospel message in Acts from Peter, the apostle, is you murdered Jesus. You killed him. Therefore, repent and find forgiveness and have your sins washed yeah. away. You know, now, obviously, that's not something where, you know, we can't say the same to, you know, random people on the street because they didn't literally murder Jesus. But you see the point. Peter didn't say you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. He said, no, you're an enemy of God. Yeah. You're in terrible, terrible danger, mm -hmm. you know? And, th and that doesn't mean that the gospel message should be, you know, you're going to hell, you're going to burn, turn or burn, sinner, you know, not like angry, vindictive. We shouldn't act like we relish in the wrath of God. This should be a sorrowful message, but an urgent message, you know, and yeah. Not, not that you should go screaming it everywhere you go in the McDonald's food line, but like if you have the courage to speak to someone in the McDonald's food line, do it because, I mean, maybe that's the only chance they're going to have to escape an eternity of punishment. Yeah. And that, that that's worth being embarrassed for a moment or, or looking like a little bit of a fool to them. Yeah. Know? And it all lies in the heart, you guys. Like – Everything, everything that we're telling you right now lies in your heart. Because if your heart's wrong when you're doing this, then and like it's not good. Your heart, the heart of the evangelist has to be there. A heart that has passion for lost souls and compassion for people who are perishing. Um, and also, I remember Vodi Bakum said that an evangelist ought to have a jealousy. Uh, for God's glory. Not a jealousy as in I want that, but a jealousy as in just the most complete and utter like respect and understanding and desire to glorify him. 
Um, and God is glorified when you stand up and you embarrass yourself for a little bit in front of everybody, throw your, reputa your reputation um, to be trampled underfoot and just say, I don't care to God be the glory. That is when God works. And that's when things happen. So, and that, as, so as for the gospel message, guys, um, just, just read through scripture. Read, read Acts. Read anywhere. Read Romans. Um, there's, there's maybe a few, so, so our, our request is if anyone knows of a verse where the message of the gospel is remotely, Jesus loves you or God loves you. Also to be fair, quick, sorry, side note. Yes, there is a sense in which God loves his whole creation. Mm -hmm. He loves human beings, but, um, that in no way does that nullify the very, very blatantly clear, extremely pervasive teaching in scripture that that there is an anger and a wrath burning yeah. for the wicked um but anyways um <laughs> zephaniah chapter one yeah um there's a few verses you might hear to argue with us one of them is romans two uh four just b though just four b they don't want to read four a because <laughs> yeah it's has to be taken out of context but or do you presume on the rich? I'll just read the whole paragraph. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself, because you, Paul's talking to the Jews here, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Now, this one is hilarious to me because it's like one little snippet out of this flaming paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds for a minute. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. People say that and say, oh, see, so therefore all of evangelism all gospel preaching is supposed to be a preaching of kindness only. And that is it just, I'm sorry, but they just took a meat cleaver to the paragraph and just chopped it to pieces and butchered it and made mincemeat of it. Yeah, really. Like, like really read it in context. When you read that paragraph in context, it's like, oh, man. That's yeah. a spicy judgment one. Yeah. We got to warn those people. We got we to gotta preach to them with love and truth and gentleness and urgency you know if you mm -hmm. read that whole paragraph you do not come away thinking oh well i preach the gospel i certainly shouldn't mention anything negative or about judgment or wrath no not at all this is you know yeah and I, this is a verse i mean I, i'm not saying do this like right now but literally there's times where god says he says this cry aloud do not hold back Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions, to the house of Jacob their sins. That's uh, Isaiah 58, verse 1. Um, he's just like, don't run around lifting up your voice, yelling at people, calling them like idiots and <laughs> and like you're this, you're that, you're going to hell. Like the point that Evan's trying to make is like 
do not presume that God's kindness is going to save the wicked sinner that you're standing next to. Yeah, not knowing that God's very kindness is so that you'll turn from your wicked sin and be cleansed for the day of judgment. Yeah. That's that's the message. Yeah. You know, God's kindness is supposed to just throw you to the ground in sorrow. Yeah, you really. Know? And we're not going to sit here and presume that we are super spiritual and we spend a good three hours weeping over our sin every no, morning. I, I wish, honestly. We, yeah, we have hard, cold hearts and God is working on us. Um Slowly, but surely. Yeah. But um, yeah, what, what we're really trying to get at here is nowhere in Scripture is there an example of someone in America street evangelizing. Of course not. What we're asking is, okay, Scripture is our ultimate authority, the only infallible rule of faith and practice. What is the general message and method of the gospel? In scripture like I said nowhere are you gonna find the exact context that you're living in but what do you, where do you find go to the, go to the Old Testament preaching the prophets I mean we we aren't remotely as harsh as the prophets my goodness and of yeah. course that's God through the prophets but I mean that is some major fire and brimstone all throughout so so nothing really helpful in the Old Testament if you're trying to argue that Evangelism should be nothing but, you know, sunflowers and roses and yeah. Um, and then go to the Old Testament. Plenty of public preaching in the Book of Acts, and yeah. and what do you see? Peter saying, "You murdered Jesus, so repent. You murdered the Lord of Glory, your chosen one, the Messiah. That you know, he says the Holy and Righteous One. So yeah. repent." You know, go to Romans, the, the people say the systematic explanation of the gospel. What does Paul do for two and a half chapters? He just absolutely levels the entire human race with the charge sinner. You yeah. have sinned against a holy God and you're under condemnation. And yes, it's followed with the gospel and we love the gospel. We are not saying it's the gospel. It is the gospel. What we're saying is an essential an absolutely biblical portion of the gospel is the plight of the sinner, man's true problem. Mm-hmm. And not that, sorry, I'm talking forever here, but now I want to, okay. what, what, what we do often hear is that the gospel is a message of healing. It's a message of, yes, people have wronged you, but it's okay. It's a message of you're, you're broken but there's healing in Christ, you know, and ultimately you're a victim. And people might say, oh, yes, along the road, you know, you'll work on sin and things and yada, yada. But but the gospel message to people is one of healing. And I we ought to be compassionate, but I, that isn't compassionate. Yeah. Because you, you're hiding them from what Scripture teaches yeah. really, really clearly about their current situation. And think about this, you guys. Think about, like, I. this is something that irks me to my core, and I can't explain this enough. Like, going off what Evan's saying here, when you tell them that, like, sin is not really what it is, it's just, like, your brokenness and your victim of it, and, uh... Yeah, or they, they might say sin, but, but what they... In, 
in application, you know, what, what they really mean by sin is yeah. general bad things in the world. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, like, when you when you lessen sin, then you do not you don't see the true mercy of Christ. You don't see the true love of Christ. You don't, you, yeah. You don't see that. You don't see how much you depend on Christ and His righteousness. Like, I, I can't, I can't explain that yeah. more like thoroughly to you guys. Like, it's not when when you understand your sin and when you're broken over your sin, you are led to repentance. I, I uh, what's the verse that says that? Um, godly sorrow. Yeah, go- godly sorrow leads to repentance. You know, um, it it really comes down to, like, we ought to be broken over our sin. We ought not to be broken over, like, our victim, us being victims. And it's, I, I don't but even it know. Does, that doesn't about. make sense of the cross. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, if you say, if, like, like if, if your testimony is all about how, you know, bad things happen to you, which, you know, often it's your life story. And I understand, and people have gone through horrible, horrible things. So we're not, we're not trying to downplay that. But if, if your gospel of coming to Christ or not your gospel, your, your testimony of coming to Christ consists of from start to finish, this bad thing happened to me. And then this bad thing happened to me. And then this bad thing happened to me. My question is, okay, then why did he have to die? You know, he didn't have to die. He just had to fix your life and show you love. You know, he didn't. It, it doesn't sound like your transgression. You know, it doesn't sound like there was a price on your head. Like scripture says, it doesn't sound like you need propitiation or atonement. It sounds like you just need, you know, a, a hug. And that, that's a problem because the gospel message of scripture is about atonement. Atonement yeah. means payment. And the payment was the death of the spotless lamb of God. I think that's a pretty high price. And it wasn't just some arbitrary price that God thought of. And then somehow it's like that article I read. Oh, I'm sorry. It made me so upset. It was in Christian worldview, read an article. And this guy said, uh, I don't remember how he worded it. He was talking about how something is a mystery. Like, like how sin came into the world, which yeah, not is toughy for sure. Not, no doubt. Not going to, Give me an answer for that one. But anyways, he said, it's a, like the Bible gives us no clear answer for how sin came in the, into the world. Just like how the Bible gives us no clear answer for how Jesus' death saves us. And I like about spat out my drink. Like, have you ever read like the Bible? Like Romans? <laughs> anything? Like what? Like, ah, oh, it made me insane because it's like. I'm sorry, but that is like the whole message of scripture. That's the pinnacle of it. Yeah. Is you've sinned, transgression, crime. There's a payment that needs to be made. Christ is the payment. I mean, what how do people get this arbitrary he died for you? And people are like, "Oh, that's awesome." No one's like why, why in the world did the spotless lamb of God have to be slaughtered? What in the world happened? Who yeah. did what to make that a reality? And the Bible gives a clear answer. You know, it's the God is angry with the wicked every day because they've transgressed. Again. You know, they're like, yeah, ah, sorry. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's 
but that's how it is you guys like that's that's what our modern day churches are teaching us is you're a victim um you're like i i i don't think there's a verse in the bible that builds up human character as a good thing really or hu- humanity yeah like the entire human yeah. race as a good thing at yeah all. We're, we're made in the image of god that's that's as good as it's gonna get yeah we that's were hugely good. meaningful we but- were good um, when God created us, he said that like we were good. And then when he created women, he said, very good because women are nice. They're, They're great. great. Okay. Yay, women. <laughs> <laughs> but like the point is you guys that like all throughout scripture, like you're dead. You're, yeah, you're Ephesians wicked. Too. You're a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, like sons of Satan. Yeah. Literally children of your children. Father, the yeah. Devil. Like it's, uh, it never builds up human nature as anything good ephesians 2 ephesians 2 yeah i, I you were literally dead in the trespasses and sins yeah you're dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked yeah. following the course of this world like we're like following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air that just means satan uh the spirit that is not working the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of the flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature, by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind and then there's a big but, okay, but God being rich in mercy, okay, yeah, but God, that, that is that is the gospel. We are wicked, so desperately wicked. I, we are laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, like just covered in unrighteousness and wickedness, mm-hmm. and then God came to save us from that. You know, and this is a message of Jesus too. This isn't, this isn't meanie God in the Old Testament or something, or just, you know, Paul over here. This is Jesus talks a heck of a lot more about hell than he does about heaven. Actually, in yeah. fact, in fact, Diffie just said yesterday that like concentration wise, Jesus talks more about hell than anybody ever in the Bible. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and what this does is this message of the Bible. Okay, because you're saying, well, that's not loving that tears people down show me in scripture where the goal is that man will be built up yeah you know the the clear the goal god's goal is that christ be glorified now now guys think think to yourselves what glorifies christ more okay a if i say he loves me with, with no real, you know, I maybe I have some regret for some mean things I said yesterday or something, but it, he loves me. Yeah, it's good. We have a relationship. It's great. Or B, I say, I don't understand how you love me this much. I see my sin. I see the, the ugliness of my sin, the weight of my sin. I've trampled underfoot the blood of the Son of God, and yet he's died for my sin. He took that punishment for those sins and he delivered himself up for the slaughter, even though he was innocent. Yeah. You guys tell me which, which one of those exalts Christ. Now in order for Christ to be exalted, men have to be lowered, you know, humbled. Yeah. Humble. Exactly. Like John the Baptist says he must increase. I must decrease. John the Baptist doesn't need to be told that he's, you know, a good guy. He's innocent. You're a good dude, John the Baptist. He says, oh, shut up. Okay, I just want to talk about Jesus. He needs to increase. Yeah. No one cares about me. I'm the I'm the sinner. I'm the criminal that gets saved. The, the point is that Jesus 
is glorified. And that's yeah. that's the whole message of scripture throughout it. And Paul, it's like he's saying, I uh, he says, like, I'm the foremost of sinners. Yeah. He says, formerly I was like all these things, all these names things. I forget what it says or where exactly it is. And then he says, but but Christ saved me so that he might demonstrate his like perfect patience and kindness, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And and I also want to talk um a little bit more about how this evangelism looks like because every single one of you that is a christian listening to this right now is called to evangelize jesus clearly clearly gives that in the great commission and honestly if you really believe in heaven and you really believe in hell then i don't understand how you can stand by and watch you know, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Evan and I and um, our, our group here on campus, we have an evangelism that we do of our own. Um, where literally, I'm telling you guys, Evan and I had started with a cheesy whiteboard from our church. They had like like little kids scribbles all over the back and crayon and whatnot. But on the front, <clears throat> it was just a whiteboard. And we took markers and um, we just wrote, like, how do you know you're saved? Or biblical Christianity is the only truth. Um, I don't need to remember some of the other ones. Yeah, and this is this is only like we're we're not saying this to say look we're better than you. Yeah, but like definitely the, not. We 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 contributed absolutely zilch to yeah. all of this. Absolutely nothing, and and any contribution that we truly made is is useless and will pass away. Only. Only the work of Christ himself is what is going to stand in the end. So that's all we care about. Got to pause it and do that. Uh, sorry, brief intermission. Um, Anchor only, only lets us record like 30 minutes at a time, so we got to cut it every now and again. That's all right. Try to get point. sponsored by Cheetos. Yeah, Cheetos is We're working on it right now. <laughs> no, but anyways, you guys, Evan's completely right. Like, we have done absolutely nothing in this you know the reason why we do this is because god you know to glorify yeah. christ the reason we're telling you about it is because we want to be helpful and honest and and give you guys like yeah like, we, we mean in no way to brag we, we want to practice what we preach and so we're just trying to tell you guys like we we're trying to do this and like this is this is what we've come up with this is what works so, yeah yeah so we, we, we stand out um we're low we're known as the Lopes Way street preachers or the uh, guys with signs. The guys with signs. Or those sucky, awful people that I hate. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, more often than not. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> we um, we basically, we have like, it started out with, like I said, with a whiteboard. Um, and then when we came here, we found a group a group of kids who liked, uh, who, who go to our church, uh, who wanted to help us. And so now we've got like 20 signs made. Um, we've got like someone just died in the room above us. Oh, oh another person. What is I think they're having a wrestling match. Yeah, I don't something's going on upstairs, but um, anyways, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we just have like 20 signs and we hold them up. Um, and um, I want to talk to you guys about street preaching because it's a something that that I like we would say is very biblical. Um, it's not the only way of evangelism. I'm not saying if you don't street preach, then you're stupid. But like street preaching, I think is a very biblical thing. Um, I think that 
just trying to get the message out in any way possible really is a biblical thing. I think I think public is the key. Like like if I think about it, and and we're talking in terms of like like getting the gospel out. So so like being a Christian and like living a Christian life and having a testimony and a witness. Like when you go to work, and you you know. And you're, and you're just trying to sneak in a little comment, no, the Bible says this, or you're, you're trying to, you know, oh, no, I don't want to go get drinks after work today. That's absolutely amazing. Do that. That is, that is in a way, the sharing of the gospel and, and sharing it with coworkers and friends, amazing. So we're not trying to downplay those things. We're also not that trying to downplay building individual relationships with people. Yeah. It's just that we've heard that phrase, I think, roughly – 638 kajillion times <laughs> while yeah. we've been evangelizing. People just always say, well, wouldn't you rather build relationships? Of course we would, but I can't build relationships with 500 people. So, but if I hold a sign up, 500 people can see it. So yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. We're not trying to downplay that. We're yeah. Just... And it's not like we go and we do this evangelism and then we go hide in a hole for the rest of the week. You know, like we, we do have outside relationships that we are trying to pour into, you know? And so, um, I just want to read you guys really quickly. Um, this is Peter in Acts chapter 2. It says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. That's I think that's probably the most clear, that's the most clear verse it talks about, like preaching, preaching, I, I preaching, preaching. Oh, Evan's got a better one. He wants yeah, to challenge me. Watch out. That's a challenge. Uh, okay. Uh, Acts 17, verse 16. And on. Now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. I think another translation says with anyone who would listen to him. Or something. Yeah. You know, so he's just like hanging out in Athens. Like he's not even technically like doing mission work right now he's just killing time he's sitting there and he's like hmm yeah you're so you know and it's in the marketplace so i mean think about it he's just a guy and you're just trying to buy apples and here's this guy trying to talk to you about jesus that's what we're saying you know like it's public it's with people who are of course just trying to live their lives they were just trying to buy some cheese or milk yeah. To cook later or whatever was sold in a first century <laughs> Roman market. A camel. He's <laughs> just he's trying to buy a camel. And here's here's this guy talking about Jesus, trying to tell him about the man who's going to, you know, whatever Paul wants to. Yeah. And then he addresses the whole Areopagus because they say, what does this babbler wish to say? Which I learned by babbler, they're, they're kind of saying like, who the heck is this guy? Like, what's this idiot trying to say? Like, it's a very mean term and then he addresses the whole like all these philosophers it's really cool go read it yeah and he also in the beginning you guys in the beginning of that passage it says his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols his spirit was provoked because of people living in sin yeah you know like like, oh well who am i to judge those outside the church his spirit was provoked he was he was hurt because he saw that they were worshiping idols. That's where that heart comes in, you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't look out into the world and like, and see how 
absolutely wicked our world is today and like feel something hurt within you because all of those people who are doing those wicked things are being damned to hell. Mm -hmm. Like there's, that's a warning sign. Like Mm -hmm. seriously, like check your heart because his spirit was provoked when he saw all these wicked things. He, Mm -hmm. he was like, man, they're doing this. I need to tell them about the forgiveness that they can find in Christ because they are so wicked because they were so bad. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the only way. He says that Jesus says he's yeah. he's the way the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Yeah, and and another thing we we should have said this earlier, um, but like it is absolutely biblical to look at people and say that they're lost. You know, sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, they're they're blind, and and we ought to have pity on them, especially us, because we're not an ounce better than the worst sinner. But because even Jesus had compassion, you know, he said, they're sheep without a shepherd. He didn't say they're innocent, you know. No, he, he said the opposite. He was very harsh but and, and truthful. But, like, we're not saying that you shouldn't look out at sinners and have compassion on people who are truly lost, you know, and in the darkness. That's, that's not what we're saying. It, it's absolutely right yeah. to have compassion on people as lost. They've been deceived. You know, they believed a lie. And, yeah. and we absolutely should have pity on them in that regard. So, yeah. yeah and so, and like I said, it's not like I'm saying if you don't street preach, then you're stupid. Okay. I'm not trying to say that. We're not trying to say that we're better in any way. Like Christ be glorified in everything that we do and nothing of ourselves. Um, but I just would like to say that it, it is a biblical thing. Number one. Number two. It is not, is not the only way of evangelizing. Yeah. It's, it's not the only way of evangelizing. Um, if you guys know what attract is, it's spelled T-R-A-C-T. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, <clears throat> but they're basically just little pamphlets. <clears throat> Sorry. Mm. Little like pamphlets that you hand out to people that have a message that you're trying to convey. The message of you Christ. Know the gospel. That, yeah. And then maybe something... A little bit more direct. Yeah, sometimes it's like the gospel and socialism. Yeah. Last deal. So maybe we'll have an episode on socialism. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, even can, like for me, you guys, I've got, I've got two tracks that I carry around in my wallet. I have one that says like ten reasons Jesus came to die, and the other one is life in the womb. It talks about abortion. So if I get into an argument with somebody about abortion, that I can give them this track. You know, like I just keep tracks on me so that I can hand them out, hand them out to workers when they're like when I'm at the store, whatnot, stuff like that. And then one thing that Vody Bakken recommended, and I remember Evan actually started up a really good conversation this way too when we worked at a, the lumber yard. It's kind of an inside joke, but Evan and I worked in a lumber yard this whole last summer. And Vody Bakken said that he would he just started saying when someone asked how he was doing, he would always say better than I deserve. Was that Vody Bakken? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's one of them. <clears throat> I'm sure there's more, but Vody Bakum yeah. said like he was, he would do that. And then people would, um, like people, it would spark up a conversation. Yeah. It was very hit and miss. It was mostly miss. But yeah, I think that a few times someone was like, what do you, what do you mean? In fact, one time a person was a Mormon and they, they were like, what do you mean better than you deserve? And like sort of give a little like, Oh, cause I'm a sinner. Blah, 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 blah. And then they were like, but don't you have to do good works? And I was like, started trying to explain that. And then 
I realized they were a Mormon, and I was like, oh. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, I, Shout I, out to all our Mormons. Yeah, I do want to do a. I do want to do a, a, a podcast on that. We have a bunch of followers there. Yeah, so we have like eleven listens. So yeah, we um, <laughs> um, we have a lot of good friends at home that are uh, our Mormon friends. They're yeah. really great people. They're wonderful. We love them. Yes. We want to see them turn into not Mormons. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you guys, That's another episode. Yeah, it is. It is another. It is another episode. But ultimately, you guys, I, I just like the. I want to start wrapping things up here, but really, evangelism is something that we're all called to do. Okay, um, evangelism is something that we're all called to do. Um, we're not any better because we evangelize, but I ask you out of love, like, like, what are you doing? If you're not evangelizing, <laughs> you're not evangelizing. Like, I'm sorry, but what what are you doing? Because, like, Christ is going to judge. Like, God is going to judge the living and the dead. And only those clothes, clothed in the righteousness of Christ are going to be saved. Like, but Jesus said, if, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily just when someone ask you it you know maybe it is i don't know yeah yeah. so like be be bold you know like pray about this for sure but be bold yeah and uh a huge portion of this is we have to trust in the power of god's word specifically the power of the gospel as revealed in god's word yeah because guess what people do not want to hear that they are sinners. People do not want to hear that they are enemies of God. They don't want to hear it. We have to trust that if we preach God's word, God will save people. Yeah. Yeah. Romans don't. Romans one sixteen says yep. that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God that. that yeah. Goes, right? Yeah. It's it's huge. We have to. I was just listening yesterday to. It was John MacArthur talking about, uh, I think it was the authority of scripture, but he was telling this story about how a guy came to him and he was, uh, he was a Jewish, he was an abortionist, he was on his second wife and having an affair and didn't know what to do, and he probably had some, oh, and he was about to go bankrupt, okay? And this guy comes to John MacArthur, says, what do I do? And John MacArthur says, we heard of Jesus, thing, you know, things like that. And the guy says, I, I, I don't know Jesus. And John MacArthur, what does he do? D- does he coddle him with, well, there's, you know, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. No, he said, well, go read the Gospel of John over and over. And when you know who Jesus is, you give me a call and we'll talk. And guess what? Uh, like three or four days later, he... He comes to John MacArthur, he meets him before church, and he says, I know who Jesus is. And MacArthur says, well, what, what, what do you mean? And he says, uh, he's God. Jesus is God. And, and like, the, the, the beauty of it is, he didn't need to go to seminary to figure that out. He just had to read the Bible. Yeah. And, and that's the mentality we have to have. We don't have to have a business plan, a marketing strategy. A, a, you know, it's just like Paul says, 
I did not come to you proclaiming words of lofty wisdom yeah. or something else. I forget yeah, it's, it's um, you know, let me just look it up real quick. He says, this, like he's saying, um, this is in, <clears throat> it's in, I believe, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is something that like struck me really, really, really hard. Um, I think it's right here. Um, maybe not. Um, I'll get it. Just keep talking. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I found it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men. And then it says right above that. Sorry. It says, and when I came to you, brothers, did uh, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah, that's perfect. Like we, we're not, we're not called to be marketers. We're not businessmen. We're not, we're not even really persuasive apologists, although we love apologetics, do that. But the main thing we're doing is heralding. Yeah. That means taking a message already proclaimed, and already you've already been given the message. Your job is to just go regurgitate it. You know, that's it's not and trust. You gotta just trust and the and, and this is something we struggle with too. We're no better, but trust in God's word, trust that God's testimony, God's revelation of himself is truly sufficient for salvation. Yeah. That's yeah, like that's Christ and Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. Just have that in your mind, Christ and Christ crucified. Um, and I, I, I just want to close up with this, you guys. Um, that the message of the gospel is going to save people. We like that. That is, there's no doubt to that. And um, throw your reputation out the window. Let it be trampled underfoot. Let them do whatever the heck they want. Let let your parents chastise you and be mad at you. Let your friends laugh at you. Because in the end, like evangelism is glorifying to God, and that's all that matters. Don't worry about glorifying yourself. Don't worry about your your stupid reputation. Like I, I'm telling you guys, it it's you're gonna feel so much better after a night of just evangelism then you will make it a fool of yourself yeah like seriously like make a fool of yourself before others because for jesus make a yeah, fool for of yourself jesus. saying guys jesus is so great look like yeah. an idiot yeah and people saying oh, just let 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 all of those things that you're holding on to be thrown out the window and just proclaim christ and christ crucified and um, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for. Charles Spurgeon said that for you guys that don't know. Goodbye. <laughs>